Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled Shepherd of Love. Once a young man who was in love, at least that is what he said. But he never mentioned the young lady to his friends or at home. About once a week, on his day off, he called the girl. That's it. He went to see her if he didn't have a headache, a vague, upset stomach, or an opportunity for an extra half day's work at time and a half. When the engagement was announced, people really expected him to show a little more interest in her. But when he saw her, he didn't have much to say, and an hour in her presence made him restless. She loved good music and had an unusual book collection. However, when she loaned him the books to read, he didn't read them unless he was put on the spot. Why couldn't he just stay a little longer when he visited her? One hour a week wasn't enough time. 
He didn't say so, but the reason he couldn't stay longer was the fact that he was still carrying a torch for an old sweetheart. Soon, although admitting no rift between them, he was slipping out, often with the old flame, spending several hours a week in her company. Well, you just can't keep two-timing affair like this a secret. Everybody knew, and occasionally some friend ventured a cautious inquiry to the young man as to the propriety of his conduct. Invariably, this produced the anger reply, You're judging! This is a parable of a lukewarm church member. Many today claim to love the Lord Jesus Christ and His church, and yet they are constantly flirting with the world. One hour a week in church services is more than enough for them, and during that hour they are restless and ill at ease. They are bored with the music, indifferent to the Word of God. What is wrong with them? Like the lover in the story, they are still in love with the world. Have you seen yourself in this parable? Are you one hour a week Christian? If so, isn't it time to get your priorities in order? Listen to this beautiful song as Penny Harris, Cheryl Howellman, and Carol Johnson sing for us, Feeling Like Flying Away. Flying, feel like flying. 
like flying, feel like flying away. Feel like flying, feel like flying away. You are listening to Joy in the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altoonabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14, and there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at area code 814-942-2131. Listen now as Buddy Han and Jeremy Hetrick play for us as the trumpets this wonderful song, Revive Us Again.
The wind and waves beat restlessly that stormy night in December 1958. Out in the East Passage of Puget Sound, a sturdy fishing boat, the Cape Douglas, fought the storm. Then suddenly, she began to settle in the water. Slowly, but unmistakably, the Cape Douglas was sinking in more than 600 feet of water. Hurrying to the life raft, the skipper and the engineer, the only men on board, let down over the side. Once back on shore, the skipper reported that the Cape Douglas had struck something in the water, causing her to flood and go under. As the boat had been insured for $80,000 only a few weeks before, the insurance company decided to see if it could be raised and part of the claim amount saved. On its behalf, the United States Salvage Company began searching. It found the ship five miles south of where the skipper said it had sunk. The water there was too deep for a man in a diving suit to go down to identify the ship positively, and it seemed hopeless to try to raise it. But a man named Hockett offered to go down his homemade diving chamber fashioned from a firebox flue of a marine boiler. When he finally emerged from his dangerous descent, he made the encouraging but strange announcement that the Cape Douglas was quite undamaged. After debating for six months, the insurance company decided to let an Oregon diving company try to raise the vessel. It was a difficult job to lasso the ship with a steel cable pulling it from the bed of muck and tow it to the Tramp Harbor. There in the harbor, a crane hoisted the Cape Douglas back to sunlight. As Hawkett had observed, there were no holes in the ship's hull, but the sea valves were wide open. The skipper had sunk his own ship. The skipper was sentenced to prison, and the Cape Douglas went back to sea. The covetous skipper thought he could cover his crime in hundreds of feet of water, and no one would ever find out. He succeeded for a time. But a patient search exposed his deed. In God's eye, the thing was never hidden. From the moment the skipper first thought of the illegal deed, the only way to get rid of your sins is to turn to God's Son, receive Him as your personal Savior, and He will cleanse you from it. In His loving mercy, God is ready to remove your sins forever. The Bible tells us that your sins will find you out. You may fool a lot of people, but God knows all about you. He sees everything you do, and He remembers it to the day that you become a member of His family by trusting in the death of His Son. Listen now, as Larry Grabo, Bill Burke, and Dave Kephart, and John Harris sing this beautiful song for us entitled, He Holds My Hand. may ask me how I know my Lord is real. You may doubt the things I say and doubt the things I feel. But I know He's real. Today, he'll always be. 
I can feel his hand in mine, and that's enough for me. I will never walk alone. He holds my hand. He will guide each step I take, and if I fall, I know. Before we begin this morning's Bible study, we acknowledge that today is the 21st anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks upon our nation, when over 3,000 American citizens lost their lives in these horrific attacks, a day we will always remember where we were what we were doing, a day in time where we saw great heroism and patriotism, a day which should never be forgotten and must always be remembered and honored. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the Lord Jesus Christ's 40-day Bible conference, the so-called Great Commission. I'd like to read Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and then verse 8. I would encourage you to follow along at home in your Bibles. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Some would say that the dispensation of grace, the commission for the church, the body of Christ, would be Acts one eight. They would place the emphasis on the word witness and make Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth to be your city, your county, your state, your country, and ultimately the world. And that would be absolutely an incorrect interpretation. 
Why? What is the context? Again, remember the word context, context, context. Why Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth? What was the biblical significance of the day of Pentecost? Following the bodily resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ, that we have been studying, he was on earth for 40 days teaching his disciples about the kingdom of God, Acts 1-3. Following his 40-day Bible conference and seminar, his teaching the kingdom of God, he ascended to heaven, Acts 1-9-11. His disciples returned to the city of Jerusalem. And though the word is not used here in Acts chapter 2, we see their obedience, their faith to what the Lord Jesus Christ had commanded them to do. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. How long did they have to tarry or wait? Ten days. The day of Pentecost was one of the seven annual feast days that God gave to the nation of Israel. Leviticus 23, 15 to 22. The other feast days included Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and tabernacles. Three of the feasts, unleavened bread, Pentecost, and tabernacles, required the Jews to come to Jerusalem to present themselves before the Lord. Pentecost is a Greek word, not a Hebrew word. So you'll not find Pentecost in the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, the day of Pentecost went by the names the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Harvest, or the first fruits of the wheat harvest. Pentecost means 50, and it occurred 50 days after the Feast of First Fruits, Leviticus 23, 15 and 16. The Feast of First Fruits symbolized the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, the Feast of Weeks, the day of Pentecost, was an agricultural feast day that, that involved the harvest of the land. This harvest included the threefold aspect, which was for the owners, the poor, and the strangers, Leviticus 23:22. The day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 was a harvest not of the land, but an attempted harvest of the people of Israel beginning in Jerusalem. It had a precise order and a threefold aspect. Jerusalem, Judea are the owners. Samaria are the poor. And the uttermost parts of the earth, the Gentiles, are the strangers. They were to begin at Jerusalem because this is where the temple was located. Israel, the promised children of God, were first blessed. Mark seven twenty seven, Acts 3, 25 and 26. The Gentiles were to be blessed through the nation of Israel. The day of Pentecost was not the beginning of the church, the body of Christ, but rather an attempted harvest on the soul of the nation. Acts 1.8 is not the so-called great commission of the church, the body of Christ, and the dispensation of grace. It is a kingdom commission. And many would outline the book of Acts based on Acts 1.8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. The message did go to the earth, but not through the twelve apostles as James was killed by Herod in Acts 12. Peter never sought to replace James as he did successfully replace Judas. Why didn't he seek to replace the apostle James? God raised up the apostle Paul, who took God's salvation message to the Gentile nations, and not through Israel, but in spite of Israel. If Matthew 28, 19, and 20 
If Mark 16, 15 to 18, Luke 24, verses 46 to 49, John chapter 20, verses 21 to 23, Acts 1, 8, are not the great commission for the church, the body of Christ. What is God's message today in the dispensation of God's grace? In the weeks to come, we will look and answer that question. For surely we understand and know that the message is the message of salvation. The message of God's plan of redemption. And again, we go back to the word interpretate, one interpretation. Then look at the application. The application has to be primarily to those who it's written to. And then we see secondary application. So when you go back and read Matthew 28 or Mark 16, yes, preach the gospel. But in the context of Mark 16, 15 to 18, what is the gospel? It's the gospel of the kingdom. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's not 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, where it tells us, in verse 5, and where it tells us, For I have delivered you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, verse 3, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to Scripture. That is our message today. We are to take that message absolutely out to the nations, out to the world, to the individuals, And tell them they have to believe and trust the Lord Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late. We as believers need to keep reading and studying and understanding God's word. And we need to take that message of salvation to a world that's full of darkness, that's dying without Christ. If you've never trusted Christ, would you trust him right now, right where you're at, before it is eternally too late in your life? been listening to join the morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is the